Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to church. Let's stand together and worship.
we thank you that you made a way where we can just come into your presence, God, and we can just worship you in freedom. So Jesus, our hearts are open before you, God. God, speak to each and every single one of us in a real way, God. God, let it be personal. God, let us not just go through the motions this morning, but truly let us seek you. God, our ears are open. Whatever you want to do in our lives this morning, God, we just want to humble ourselves before you. You just lead us. Be with Pastor Buddies. He delivers the message, God. God, anoint every single word, Lord. And let us be transformed by an encounter with you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Watch this. Hey guys, one of the important principles to celebrate recovery is examining all my relationships. Maybe you just need a change of environment. If you're experiencing a hurt, habit, or hang up, or anything that's getting in your way and you're just not sure, maybe you just need somewhere new to hang out. Thursday nights, 7 p.m., right here at Salem Fields. All right, you can talk to Joe anytime about Celebrate Recovery. If you have any questions, you can email info at salemfields.com. Well, welcome to church this morning. We're glad to have you here. Um, did anybody have a good week? anybody have a bad week? Because mine was just like so-so. So I had like some really weird experiences this week. I won't get into it, but it just made it a weird week. So maybe not bad, but weird. So anyway, we're w w welcome to church this morning. We are glad you're here, whether you had a good week or not. But there's a couple of things we want to let you know about. And I'm sorry I'm behind my piano, but now I'm here and I'm committed to it. And I don't feel like coming out there and holding the paper and trying to figure it all out. And I'm partially blocked by this because I'm five feet tall. So just going to have to deal with it, I guess, at this point I'm committing. Um, but um, we're going to take our tithes and offerings in a few moments. If you're a guest, we don't want you to feel like you have to give in that unless you would like to. Um, there's a lot of ways to give that you can see up here. Um, and you can... Um, the buckets are going to come by. I don't know why I'm so confused, but the buckets are going to come by in just a few moments during our next worship song. And um, you can also go out to the kiosks in the lobby and do that at any time that you'd like. Um, you have a connection card also in your program. You can fill that out. And if you have questions, prayer requests, anything like that, um, if you want to subscribe to our e-news that we send out weekly, you can mark that on the connection card and just toss that in the bucket as it comes by. And if you have your phone and are on Facebook, we'd love for you to check in. Just pull your phone out and say, I'm here at Salem Fields. We're in our series, Best Days of Your Life. And uh, invite your friends. We still have one more service, or they can check us out online at salemfields.com slash live. Hello, everyone out there at salemfields.com slash live. We're glad to have you here with us this morning. And if you're a first-time guest, we do have a gift for you as you're leaving. There's a, a table out there um, with a banner next to it. You can just um, pick up your gift and ask any questions that you might have about Salem Fields at that place. Well, if you haven't heard, we do have Trunk and Treat coming up very soon. Um, it's three weeks away is what Michelle said this morning. And she was a little panicked because we need about... 25 or 30 more people to sign up to host a trunk and that is a really fun thing to do you can get your family together and put a trunk together with a theme or you can just show up or whatever I th my family has been arguing about what we're going to go as for I don't know three months and um, it's really starting to like it's, it's starting to become a family problem at this point so right now I think we're the guardians of the galaxy but I mean, it's been like Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears in their denim outfits. You know, it's been all over the place, high school musicals. So 
pray for us on that, and you'll see what we show up as on at Trunk and Treat. But we need candy, lots of candy to make this happen. We need lots of volunteers. Um, there's a table as you're leaving if you stop by. Um, it's a really big, important thing that we do here for outreach. Um, Michelle is very passionate about it. Not only is she passionate about Halloween, but she is passionate about reaching people for Jesus. And we have reached so many people through that event, and it is a big part of who we are here. So sign up for that if you can, or bring some candy. Anything that you can do to be involved is great. Um, also, we have Revival coming up, which is actually before Trunk and Treat coming up next week. Lane Lohman will be here. On Saturday night, he's going to have kind of a standalone message. And then on Sunday, he's going to continue this series during both of the services. And then Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, he'll have, um, we will have revival during that time. There's going to be dinner available um, for free. So come on out for that. If you have questions, you can um, see somebody, one of the pastors after the service or email us with more information about that. But Lane is an awesome speaker and it's going to be a great week for us. And coming up for Thanksgiving, we do have our giving thanks offering, which will be coming up um, November 17th and 18th. And we do have a goal for $65,000. And um, we want you to start praying for that. We're going to give you more information about what all that's going to be going for. But just start praying about what God would have you give for that offering to reach people. And I believe that is everything. So thank you for bearing with me this morning. We are going to continue to worship um, after the bucket's passed. Whoa, hello. Um, stand and join us in worship.
living for eternity Because of what you've done for me For the rest of my life survived uh, I guess one of these days we're not careful one of those storms is going to come to Virginia head on but we're thankful that God had spared us in this area but we pray for our good friends down south of Florida and Georgia and wherever else Michael made its appearance I know it showed up around here a little bit and a lot of rain we were camping on the river this week our annual uh, river trip and it uh, it was hot first few days a lot of mosquitoes and then uh, the rains came, and then it got nice and weather. It was cool. That was camping weather. Finally arrived. Uh, but anyway, we just uh, want to. We're going to respond to the tragedy in Florida, but we just don't know quite yet how we'll do that. But we hope you'll help us as we uh, determine how we can best help. And uh, the one way we can do that right now is to pray. And so I'd like for us to pray together this morning for those down south that have been affected and even those in our area. Father, we come before you today. We thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to be here today, Lord, and we ask that your Holy Spirit would bless this time we have together. We pray for our, uh, our friends uh, down south, Lord, who have been devastated by this latest storm. God, we just see the pictures of destruction, but we do know, God, that you promised to be with us through the storm, uh, storms of life, Lord. And I, I just pray that you would encourage those folks who have lost so much, Lord, I pray, Lord, I know the church will be the church, and God, I know that there will be many that will find help and recovery through the work of the church of Jesus Christ around this uh, fine nation of ours, Lord. And so I pray, God, you show us how we can help. I pray for the recovery efforts. I pray that you would encourage those who have lost so much. And God, I pray that even through this tragedy, there will be those who trust you with their whole life. And God, so we thank you for that. We praise you and honor you. And God, we're believing for complete and wonderful recovery and healing uh, in these devastated areas. Be with those that are still recovering uh, from Florence, Lord. Bless them as well. 
We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're continuing our series today. We're glad that you're here. The best day of our life. Last week, we looked at the day that we were born as the best day of our life. The day you were born kickstarts what happens the rest of your life. If you weren't born, wouldn't be anything happening the rest of your life. But we learn from Psalms 139 that before the foundations of the earth, uh, we were on God's mind. And so today we're going to learn why the day uh, we were reborn is or can be the best day of your life. Someone said when we were reborn, we were experiencing something born in God's mind before the foundation of the world. And, I, I, and to find a scripture to validate that, I look to John chapter 1 and the Bible says in verse 1, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning, Jesus uh, was there and the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. He was there when uh, God knit us together in our mother's womb. He was there from the beginning. The Bible says, through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. So we understand from the very beginning of time that it's God's will that we as humans uh, be reborn. And the Bible says God wants all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth in 1 Timothy. And so you might ask yourself, what is the truth? The truth is found in John chapter 1, down at verse 10. It says, he came into the very world he created, that being God, but the world did not recognize him because God came with skin on and moved right into our neighborhood. Doesn't say that, I'm adding that. But he came to his own people and even they rejected him. Even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him, to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are born not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. And that's John chapter 1, verse 10 through 13. You know, I, uh, I got saved in 1980. Uh, on Palm Sunday, I went to church for the first time in a very long time. I went to church as a child and you know, I was involved in the Christmas plays and those things. Nothing consistent about it, but I grew up knowing about God. I knew up, knew, grow, I grew up knowing about his birth uh, because I was one of those twicers. I went for sure, my family, Christmas and Easter. And so I knew all about that. But, you know, as a teenager, I'd go to church every now and then. But I didn't go to church much, but I did go to church some. And, you know, uh, I went for the girls because that's where the girls went. And never went for anything else. Matter of fact, my Sunday school teacher kept me after class one time and told me if I didn't start behaving that he was going to ask me not to come back to church. Uh, so he never did ask me not to come back, but I didn't go back that much. Anyway, long story short, I ended up in church on Palm Sunday. I got married to a woman who grew up gay, who grew up in the church and had a relationship with him. But she met me and I messed that up. And, but after we had Jody, she said, I want my daughter to be raised in the church. I want her to have the same thing that I had growing up. And so she said, I'm going to church. And I said, I'm going with you because I didn't want one of them Christian men hitting on her. And so <laughs> I went to church with her uh, to protect her. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we went Palm Sunday. And the uh, church I went to was the Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene, and they had a gospel group there called the Gospel Messengers. Now, I, I'd never been around gospel music much. 
I was around hymns and things like that, but uh, they sang this music with a twang, and uh, it was pretty good, and at the end of the service, they gave an altar call, and the guy that was leading it, the group, he said, you know, that Jesus died for our sins, he went into the whole thing that says if, if we accept him, that, uh, you know, and, and ask him to forgive us for our sins, he'll do that, and that he'll forgive us, and he'll be our Savior, and, and uh, I thought, wow, that's a good deal. Well, my heart started racing about a uh, thousand miles an hour. I mean, I was like, oh man. But I was determined, as he said, if you want to know Jesus Christ, come to the altar. I said, I am not going to the altar. And I can remember holding on to the back of the pew. And, you know, and I was holding on tight because the Lord was really convicting my heart. I knew that I wanted to be saved. I knew that I needed forgiveness big time, but I refused to go. And as we left the church that Sunday, I said, you know what, Lord, it was somewhere in that week, and early in the week, I said, Lord, if you allow me to live long enough to get back to that church, I'll be the first person at the altar. Sorry, Chris, that spit came your way. Uh, I'll be the first person, uh, uh, you know, the older you get, the more you spit. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, I'll, I'll be the first one at the altar. Sure enough, he gave an altar call. It was on Easter Sunday in 1980. It was April 6th. And I, uh, I just, uh, I went to the altar as fast as I could go. And I knelt there. And I asked God to forgive me of my sins. I asked God into my heart to be my Savior. I did everything they told me to do because I wanted all that God had for me. And I got to tell you, that was the best day of my life. The very best day of my life. God forgave me. He lifted this burden that felt like this boulder was on my heart and chest that whole week and God lifted that burden and he forgave me of my sins and he gave me a new birth, a new life and a new future and it was the greatest day of my life. Now I don't know about you but you, have you ever met a person that's a little bit oversaved? You know what I mean? <laughs> you know we can be saved and oversaved. I was a little oversaved when I got, uh, when I first got saved. I wish I had a little bit of that in me now but not as much as I did then. But if you've never met a person that's oversaved, watch this. We got some Christian friends who are cool, right? You can hang around with them. You have friends who may not be Christian yet. But then you got Christian friends, right, who are, uh, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to put it out there. You ever know somebody that was oversaved? <laughs> like you can't even have a regular conversation with them. You just try to be like, man, it's a hot one. It's pretty hot. Hmm, I'm thirsty. You thirsty? Thirsty for the Lord. <laughs> well, uh, okay, cool. Hey, I lost my keys. Could you help me find my keys? Seek first the kingdom of God. It's like, I just, I just lost my keys. Man, I don't know. You need the keys to the kingdom. I didn't drive a kingdom today. I just <laughs> drove a Toyota. And I know as soon as I said oversave, some of y'all already had somebody in mind. But if you didn't, they probably had you in mind. <laughs> you might be oversaved and you don't even know it. I'm gonna help you out. This is how you can know if you oversave. If you're at the restaurant and you order a fruit salad, you start to pray over it. But your prayer lasts so long, by the time you eat, is trail mix. <laughs> you oversave. If your friend buy you a vacuum cleaner and you rebuke it because it's a dirt devil. <laughs> you know anybody like that? If not, it might be you. 
<laughs> anyway, I do know some people like that, but that, that's okay. Uh, anyway, uh, better to be oversaved than not saved. So <laughs> we'll go with that one. There are many books on the bookstore shelves with the title, The Best Life Now. And one particular book with the title says, God wants this to be the best time of your life. He wants it uh, to be the best time of your life. He al it also says, happy, successful, fulfilled individuals have learned how to live their best life now. He goes on to say, the author, and says, as you put these principles found in these pages to work today, you will begin living your best life now. Now, as I thought about that, uh, I thought many of us here, many people here today in Salem Fields Community Church, those that are worshiping with us online and those that are, are scattered all over our community, uh, many people here today are living the good life now. I mean, uh, you're believing that these are the best days of your life. I mean, you've got a good family, you've got a, you've got a good home, you, you got a good car or two, you got a good job, and uh, most of us are <clears throat> in good health. Your kids are good. Your bank account is good. You got a good job. I mean, so we say we've got it good. These are the best days of my life. And you're right. Compared to the rest of the world, you've got it good. You see, many, for many, you are living what you believe to be the best days of your life. And, you know, it might be true. I mean, as far as what the world says are the best days of your life. You know, you might grew up hard. I mean, you might grew up, you know, difficult life, difficult home. And I mean, maybe you grew up, didn't have much growing up. And, and, and yet now you, you look around and you say, wow, things are pretty good. These are the best days of my life. So let me ask you a question about that. So if these are the best days of our life, I wonder why so many people living in this surrounding area, and even those of us who go to Salem Fields are so exhausted. If these are the best days of our life, why are we living lives and we're so exhausted, hard to keep our eyes open? You know, I can see it in our faces. The truth is we're tired and we're worn out. And exhaustion leads to emptiness. And, and, and many here today are empty on the inside. I mean, you feel like there's no meaning for your life, which leads us to feel trapped. And many people here today, you may, be feel, you may feel trapped. You may feel trapped in a bad marriage, a bad relationship, trapped with your hurts from the past or the habits and addictions or hang-ups, trapped with your busy schedules and, and trapped in your life. The problem is we've been led to believe by our culture that these are the best days of our lives. I mean, we got a good economy, the jobs are good, things are good in our lives, and, and culture says, man, these are the best days of our lives. Now, I can assure you, though, if you and I continually feel exhausted and empty or trapped, these are definitely not the best days of our lives. If you're sitting here today and you can say, you know what, I feel so exhausted, I feel like I, so empty in the inside, and I feel trapped. I can assure you that you're not living the best days of your life, no matter what you own, no matter what job you have. I submit to you that if you're not reborn, you're not living the best days of your life. The best days of your life was and is, can be, the day you were reborn. 
The Bible says he included everyone in his death so that everyone could be included in his life. A far better life than people lived on their own. So today I want to give you three reasons why the day you were born is a far better day than the good life that many of us are living. The day you were reborn was the best day of your life because it filled your life with meaning. Now, so many people go through life without any real meaning, and that is a tragedy. You see, you, you just go through life eating a little breakfast. You know what I mean? You get up in the morning, and you brush your teeth, hopefully, and you, and you eat a little breakfast, and you, you get in your car at oh dark hundred, and you drive up the road with uh, thousands of other people, and you get to the work, and you flop down to your desk, and you work all day, and you work hard, and, and then you, you get up, and you come back down to 95 in the commute, and it takes you a couple hours to get home. When you get home, you drag yourself into the house, and you grab yourself a little dinner, and pop it in the microwave and you climb into your recliner and you, and you fall asleep and somewhere in that evening you wake up or somebody wakes you up and you crawl, to, crawl yourself to bed, you sleep a few hours that night, you get up in the morning, you brush your teeth, you eat a little breakfast, you get in the car, you turn on the radio, you head up the, the road or down the road or wherever you go and, and you get to your office and you work hard all day and then you get in your car, drive back home, you get home and you crawl in the house and you eat a little dinner. And then you go over to your recliner or your couch and you fall asleep and you climb into bed and you go to sleep and you sleep a few hours and you get up the next morning and you eat a little breakfast. And then you get in your car and you drive yourself to work. You get to work and you work hard all day and you get in your car and you come home that evening and you come in the house and you kick the dog and you eat a little dinner and you go get in your recliner, watch a little TV and before you know it, you've fallen asleep. You get up to go to bed and you sleep a few hours and we do that over and over and over until we get to the weekend and then we collapse after we've taken the kids everywhere they need to go. You see, have you and I learned that the good life is not good enough? You see, looking good, feeling good, having the good, that is not enough to make you happy. That is not enough to give you joy. It takes meaning for your life to have significance. And a lot of us confuse meaning, confuse a full life with a meaningful life. I mean, we look at our calendar, we look at our kids' activities, we look at all that's going on, we say, wow, I've got a meaningful life. And they are not the same. You need meaning. Being reborn gives your life meaning. You see, when we were reborn, the God who created us gave us a new birth. He gave us a new life, and he gave us a new meaning to get up every morning, and that meaning is not to go to work. The meaning, the reason we go to work is because we have to provide for our family, but that job does not give us meaning. We don't look at our title. We don't look at our job. We don't look at our pay stub, and we don't say, wow, look at my life. I've got meaning. Because that does not give our life meaning. The Bible says Christ gives meaning to your life. Christ gives meaning to your life. As I said last week, that you and I were made by God for God. He created you and I for a reason, for a purpose. And until we understand why we were made by God and for God, life is not going to make sense. And unless you understand why you were born, you will only live the good life. And you'll think that that is good enough. 
and we will never experience the best days of your life. I don't know what Jody talked to you about this morning. I missed the announcements, but you know, next week is revival, and, and on Saturday night, we're going to have just kind of our first night of revival. It's going to be great. Start Saturday night. It's not for the Saturday night crowd. It's for all of us. And then on Sunday, uh, he, Lane, our, our speaker, is going to carry on the series, and he's going to talk about the best light, the best day of our life is the day that we fully surrendered to him. And, uh, and then in two weeks, Gay will bring us a message on the best day of our life is when we discover why we were born, when we discover our purpose. Don't miss those messages. The Bible says, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life. We have everything to live for, including a future in heaven, and that future starts now. You know, you can remember the day you had that brand new life, but it doesn't take long to fall back in the old life in the old way of doing things. But God says we have everything to live for, including a future in heaven. And that future starts today, not when we get to heaven. The best day of your life is the day that you were reborn or the day that you will be reborn. Jesus did not die so that we could live a good life. Jesus died so we could have the best life, and that's far beyond the good life. You know, I, I love golf. I don't know if you know that about me, but I love golf. I love to play golf. I love to watch golf. I love to talk about golf. You know, and I lie just like the rest of the golfers, really. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. I try not to. But I love golf. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. You know, a long time ago, I discovered something about golf that made me love golf even better. I mean, I, I, it went from good to better. It's called a mulligan. It's got, and I don't know if you play golf, I don't know if you know what a mulligan is, but a mulligan happens when you get up to the tee box, the tee box is where you hit your first shot on every hole, and you hit that tee shot, and that thing goes in the woods, or goes in the water, or goes in the weeds, or goes somewhere else that you can't hit the ball again, and your buddy says to you, go ahead, take a mulligan. What he's saying, or what, what he's saying to you is go ahead and take another shot. And that shot doesn't count against your score. In other words, it's like you never hit that first ball. I love mulligans. I, I, I wish I could get a mulligan on every other hole. But it doesn't count against your score. In other words, if you hit it twice, it only means once. As if you have a mulligan. It's a free shot. Mulligans are incredible. You know, and Jesus Christ wants to give all of us a mulligan for your life. You see, you, you know all those stupid things you've done in the past that you regret and wish you had done differently. You know those dumb decisions you made, those bad mistakes, the sins, the failures, whatever you want to call them. Today, Jesus is saying to you, hey, buddy, take a mulligan. In other words, Jesus is saying, just step back up to life. Just get back up on the tee box and take another shot at it. It's a free shot. It's a brand new life. Doesn't count against you. The old life no, matter, no longer counts against you. Step up from the good life and discover the best days of your life. You see, you might ask, well, how do I get another shot? Well, you can't earn it and you can't work for it. Peter says we've been given a brand new life. In other words, it's a free gift. If someone gives you something, it's free. You don't have to earn it. You can't work for it. It's free. You know, some of us live our life and we think when we get to the end of life and we die, 
what we've done all of our life is we, we try to do these good things, you know, and, and we do bad things. And so we hope that when we die, our good things, our good, li- our good thing pile is bigger than our bad thing pile. And if our good thing pile is bigger than our bad thing pile, then God's going to let us into heaven. And the Bible says our good works are like filthy rags. They count nothing. God died on the cross so that you and I could have a meaningful life that God died on the cross and it's free. He paid the price. You don't earn it. Jesus left heaven for us so that we could have the best day of our life. Jesus could have saved himself from the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels to rescue him, but then he could not save us. He gave up everything so we could have everything. Jesus gave up everything so we could have everything, which is why the day that we are reborn is the best day of our lives. He died so you and I could live forever and have a full and have a life full of meaning. The day you were reborn is also the best day of your life because you were freed by grace. The Bible says this, we're free to live a new life in the freedom of God. It all comes from grace. Now, We're free to live a new life. Freedom from God, but it comes by grace. What is grace? Very simply, grace is what God gives us. Grace is when God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. Now, if God would give us what we deserve, we deserve hell. And God gave us what we needed, and we needed a Savior. You see, our sins separated us from God. And God knew our dilemma, and he knew that we deserved hell, but he knew what we need, and so he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross and be resurrected again so that you and I could have a new life. That's grace. That's love. You see, he loved us while we were yet still sinners. He sent his son Jesus to die for us. Everything that you and I have in our life is because of God's grace. So to me, God... So to me, grace is God saying to you, I love you. Grace is God saying to you, Melissa, I love you. Saying to you, Richard, I love you. Saying to you online, God's grace is saying, I love you in spite of you. I love you in spite of the ugly sin in your life. I love you enough that I wanted to solve your dilemma. And so I sent my son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. Grace is saying to us, God is saying to us, I'm not mad at you. Grace is saying, God, you matter. God's saying to us that you matter to me. Grace is saying, I'm crazy about you. I am so crazy about you that I sent my one and only son to die for you. And whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's grace. He's not holding a grudge against us. You know, we mess around, we mess up with humans, and they hold a grudge. But God doesn't hold a grudge against us because Jesus Christ has taken all of our sin and nailed it to the cross. Grace is saying, I'm going to give you a mulligan. Grace is saying, I'm going to give you a third and a fifth and a 25th and a hundred and a 20 uh, and 150 and 200 and 300. That's what grace is. You see what has Jesus Christ set us free from? He set us free from sin. He set us free from the guilt. He set us free from the fear of death. He set us free from bitterness, from anger, from the expectations of others. He set us free to be us, to be ourselves. He set us free to become all that God meant for us to be. He set you and I free from worry, from anxiety, from boredom, from meaningless. Jesus sets us free. 
from trying to earn God's approval. The good life is what you earn. The good life is what you earn. The best day of your life is a gift, and it's free. The best day of your life. You have to earn the good life. You have to work yourself silly for the good life. But the best day of your life is a gift, and it's free. It's free, but it's not cheap. Somebody had to pay for it. It was an expensive gift that Jesus paid for with his life. You see, he paid for our salvation, and the day you accept his grace and were reborn was the best day of your life. He paid for your freedom. The Bible says he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone, and that's exactly what Jesus wants to do for you if you've never accepted him. You see, when he died on the cross, he paid for your freedom. Now, there's a word that used to be used a lot in the church, and that word was redemption. You don't hear that word anymore, but to be, rede to be redeemed means to have your freedom paid for. Jesus Christ came to redeem us. He came to set us free from the hurts, the habits, and the hang-ups, and all the things that mess up our life. God came to redeem God came to give us something brand new. Jesus sets us free, and, and he wants to give you and I a new life of real freedom. The best day of your life was the day you were freed by grace. The best day of our lives is, uh, is the best day of our life is filled with meaning, and it's freed by grace and also free from the pressures of today. You ever feel like your life is out of control? Do you ever feel like your life has no balance? Do you ever get tired of just thinking about all the things you got to do? You, you wake up and you say, oh my gosh, I got all this to do today. Got this whole list of things. Do you ever just wish that you could just resign from the human race for a day or two? I mean, and just, and just do whatever you really wanted to do instead of what you have to do or what everybody else expects you to do? You know, do, you know, I was listening to Kay Love the other day coming home from our camping trip and, and the, the lady, or the host, they were talking about how people today are so busy and they're so frustrated that they just need a break. They need a break from their children if you have young children. And, and so this one lady called in and she said, you know what? Every day or so when I get tired of my children and they're whining and crying, she says, I go in the bathroom and I hide for 40 minutes or more. Wow. I go to the bathroom every day for 40 minutes or so. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, another, that's another story. But anyway, I mean, just got to have a break. Do you often say things like, I'm worn out, I'm stressed out, I'm burned out, I'm run down, I'm used up, I'm exhausted, I'm frazzled, and I'm just flat tired. I'm on my last leg, I'm at the end of my rope, I'm about to come unglued, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Does your life ever get so heavy you say, how in the world can I make it another day? How am I going to ever handle this pressure? And folks, when you're under pressure, you need two things. You see... When you're under pressure, you can't handle it. You can't handle it on your own. You and I, I'm going to tell you, that God never created you and I to live the kind of lives that we're living. God never created us to be scheduled to the max. He never created us to work ourselves silly. He never created us to be stressed out. And the reason we can't handle it is because our body was not created to handle stress. That's why we have to go to the doctor and get whatever we have to get because we're not made and equipped by God to handle stress because he created us.
to put our dependence on him and to rely on him and to trust him. And I'm not saying there's not times we don't need to go to the doctor. I'm just saying we can't handle it because we weren't created to handle it. We need two things. We need strength and we need stability. And God offers both of those to us. He offers them to us. The Bible says that God never grows faint or weary. God never grows faint or weary. He never, he never says, oh my gosh, here comes Brian again. He, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get weary of me and my whining to him. He doesn't grow faint or weary, but he gives power. He gives power. He gives power to those who are tired and worn out. But folks, we run to everything else. Instead of running to the Savior, to, to the God who redeemed us and who loves us and who gave everything so that we could have everything, we need to go to him because he says he gives power to those who are tired and worn out. God wants to give you power today. You see, the reason we're so worn out, as I said, we're never meant to live on our own power. God meant for you and I to be reborn into a relationship with him and learn to do life the way God does life. Learn to walk in the rhythms that God walks in. He created our bodies to walk in rhythm in a relationship with him, to be plugged into him, to gain power from God. You see, Jesus Christ has all the power that you and I need. He's proved it. He proved it when he came back to life. Here's the good news. You remember when Jesus' friend Lazarus died and his sister called him up and said, hey, Jesus, if you could come over here, you could heal my brother. And Jesus just took his lollygagging old time, went over there. He didn't rush. He didn't hurry. He didn't call Uber. He didn't get all panicky. You know, he just walked on over there. And you know what he did? He raised a dead man out of a tomb in grave clothes that had been dead three days. Now, I will tell you what. If God can raise a dead man from the grave after three days, he can raise up your dead marriage. You know, if God can raise a dead man from the grave, he can raise up your dead career. If God can raise up a man from the dead after three days, he can raise up a dead relationship. He can raise up a bad doctor's report. If God raised Jesus, if Jesus raised a dead man from the grave after three days being dead, God can raise up anything in your life that's got you down, that's put pressure on you or put pressure on me if we just put our trust in him and not in what we are capable of doing but what God is capable of doing. And God says we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. He can set us free. And when we got God's power in our life, we're set free from the pressures of today because we can handle anything. Paul said we could, and there's no one that lived a more uh, uh, life that needed God's power more than Paul. He says, I'm ready for anything. Can you say that today? I am ready for anything because I got strength. No, Paul says, I'm ready for anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me. Paul's the one that said, in my weakness, I'm going to brag because it's in my weakness that God has made strong in me. And we don't want to let anybody know that we're weak. Why, if we, leave, if we let somebody know we're weak, then they're going to look down on us. And Paul says, in my weakness, 
God has made strong in me, and he's saying in this verse, he said, I can handle anything through the strength of Christ who lives in me. I can handle anything because of God's power in my life. Folks, you and I don't have enough power to make it. You see, that's why we're tired all the time. We need a source stronger than ourselves to make it in life. Let me ask you a question this morning. What's got you stressed this morning? What's, what's got you uh, pr uh, under pressure? Is it your finances? God can raise up dead finances. Is it your marriage? God can raise up a dead marriage. You know, is it your kids? God can turn kids around. He turned you around. You know, my, my brother-in-law, he's got a son, and I don't think he'd mind me saying it, his boy from the Lord and doing his own thing. And he's, he, now my brother-in-law's a Christian. He said, I got saved at 45. He said, I did a lot of crazy things. He said, God can save me. He can save my son. If you got a kid that's gone astray, let me tell you, God can raise that kid right up to be a pastor, to be a missionary, to be a doctor, to be whatever. A good plumber. I mean, raise Joe Bombard up to be a good plumber. You see, you say, well, I have a dead job. I'm under pressure. My job, God can raise up a job, your health. What are you stressed out about? Instead of giving up, why don't you give it up to God? Give him a chance. Because God said he would help us with the pressures of, day, of today. So give it up to God. But I would say this morning, you know, and I may even be one of them. You know, we're here today and we're running on empty. We're running on empty emotionally. You're physically empty. Or maybe you're spiritually empty. Or maybe you're all three. Jesus says, are you tired? Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Now listen to what he says. He says, come to me. Come to me for real rest. And if you'll come to me, here's what he says, you'll recover your life. The life that God meant for you and me. That we'll recover that life. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Goodness sakes, freely and lightly. When's the last time you lived freely and lightly? Matthew 11. He will set you and I free from the pressures of today. So it comes down to this. You and I have got a choice today. You see, you can, we can go through the rest of our life living or you can make the best, this the best day of your life by plugging into God's power. It's our choice. But instead of feeling empty and trapped and exhausted, God wants to live, wants you and I to live a meaningful life, a life in free and His grace and living stress-free. Jesus wants us to live the best days of our lives today. Today. Not tomorrow. Not when we retire. Not when we die and go to heaven. He wants this to be the best day of your life. He wants every day to be the best day of your life because he lives in us. So, we've got a choice. What will it be? The good life. Just keep living the good life. Work yourself silly. Or the life that God has for you. You see, Jesus laid down himself, laid himself down so you and I could be raised up to live the best days of our lives. What will you choose this day?
Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fall fresh in you upon this place today. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fall fresh in you upon uh, those online this morning. I pray that you would fall fresh in you and those wherever this, in this building today. I pray, God, you fall fresh in you on the church, the church of Fredericksburg. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit today would help us. Lord, I know today there are some who are worn out, some who are tired, some who are burnt out, some who are facing incredible pressure. God, I pray for them right now. Lord, I pray for those of us, Lord, that are living that life today. Lord, living powerless because we're not plugged in to you. God, I, I just pray that you'll be with those today that are here and maybe have never been reborn, never, never sought you as their Savior, never sought you for forgiveness, and God, you're just living with the weight of the world on your chest today. God, be with that person as well. Could we stand and worship together? says come to me oh buddy I'm a believer yeah and Jesus still says to you come to me come to me and I will give you real rest not a good night's sleep but real rest rest where we need it in our soul in our being so we're going to continue to sing this song and I just thought maybe if that's you today you might want to come up here and pray you don't have to there's nothing magical in the altar. It's just a place to come. Just imagine that Jesus is here. 
And he would be saying to you, come to me, all who are weary, and I will give you rest. Rest for your soul. And maybe you just come and plug back into the power of God that's kind of escaped you. If that's you this morning as we continue to sing, you can do it in your seat, but if you'd like to come and pray, that's a good place to do it. Let's continue to worship. You take a failure, you take a weakness, you set your treasure in jars of Thank you, Lord, for those who have sought rest today. They've come to you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that those that are kneeling here today and those in the chairs today, God, that are seeking out rest. God, wanting to be plugged into your power and, Lord, want to live the way you want us to live. God, I just pray for each one this morning. I pray your Holy Spirit would recharge, God, and fill us and help us, Lord, to live the kind of life that you meant for us to live. Because you've been here this morning, Lord, and you're wanting to give us rest, real rest. Maybe you're here today and you say, buddy, I've never been reborn. Wow, meaning I can be reborn. Yeah, there was a guy that came to, a Nicodemus that came to Jesus and said to Jesus, said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, you must be born again. And he said, go back into my mother's womb. No, receive me receive me. So maybe you're here today and you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins. You've never asked God to save your soul, to be your savior. You're living a good life, but it's killing you. And you just like to have new life, a new birth, a new life, a new future. Would you pray this prayer with me? You don't have to pray it out loud, but you can pray it in your heart. Jesus, just pray, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Then you pray, Jesus, forgive me for all the dumb, silly, stupid things I've done in my life. Forgive me for my sin. 
Jesus says we're all sinners. And he's saying, but the good news is that God wants to forgive us. And so if you've asked God to forgive you, invite him into your heart. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my savior. God, I need you. Invite you into my life to be my savior. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, thank Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross for me. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for being my savior. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I want to tell you right now, this is the best day of your life, hands down. With all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed and no one looking around just for a moment. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning, would you slip up your hand, anybody like that? Yep, gosh, all over the place. God bless you. God sees your hands. He knows your heart. He loves you. He's not mad at you. He's crazy in love with you. If you prayed that prayer, I can assure you on the word of God, the Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, we shall be saved. What's saved mean? Reborn. Got a mulligan. Get to start all over again. Anybody else? Just lift up your hand. Say, yeah, I prayed that prayer. Anyone else? Never gets old. Father, thank you. Thank you for those who raised their hand today. Father, they prayed the prayer and they invite you into their life. I pray that they will not leave this place with a doubt in their heart. Lord, that they know, that they just know that God, you have given them new life. New birth, new life, a new future. The best day of their life. Father, we're thankful. We praise you, we honor you, and we give you all the glory, God. I continue to pray. I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to go on a long time, but maybe we could just sing one more verse kind of in celebration of God's grace. And if you still want to come and pray, you can. But if you raised your hand today and you asked Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to come up and see me after it's over, after we say it's over, it's almost over. If you don't want to see me, I know that could be hard. You can go out to the table. It says, if you accepted Christ, will you just stop there? it take about three minutes because you need to stop. You need to either come see me or stop at that table. Father, thank you. Let's just worship together. And then we'll leave. In Jesus' name.
revival's next week, okay? It starts Saturday night. I want you to do something. If there's ever a time in Salem Fields Community Church that we need a revival, what's a revival? A revival is that God shows up and revives our soul, our spiritual life, revives our church, brings a new, a new enthusiasm for the things of God, helps us to go deeper in our relationship with Him. And I can tell you, Gay and I would agree that this is a time that we need revival at Salem Fields. You and I, our church, we need God to do a new thing in a new way. We need Him to show up in a supernatural way and, and transform our lives like never before. But it only happens through prayer. And so I want to invite you to join the board and I. We've been praying uh, at 8 o'clock every night. And would you would just set your alarm and pray with us every night and pray that God would bring revival to our hearts and our lives. Pray for our speaker, Lane. But more importantly, no, not more importantly, but as important as show up. Start Saturday night and show up. Just mark it off your calendar next week. You'll find rest. You'll find rest. You'll have Saturday and Sunday service, Monday night through Wednesday night. You'll have your meal so you won't have to cook. You know, and, you know, we go to great trouble just to find somebody to cook those meals. So if you just show up and eat, bring your kids, there's child care, and come with an open heart, I believe God wants to do something new here. So I'm praying for you and for me and my family. Will you pray for yours? God bless you. Have a good week.